five, in five, in four, three, three, one. This is Radio Free America with Seamus McLeod, bringing you the new series stories that the government doesn't want you to know about. The United States is the world's largest giver in the world by far of foreign aid. But few give anything to us. That is why we are taking a hard look at U.S. foreign assistance. That will be headed up by Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. We will examine what is working, what is not working, and whether the countries who receive our dollars and our protection also have our interests at heart. Moving forward, we are only going to give foreign aid to those who respect us and, frankly, are our friends. Welcome to the show, Episode 5 of Radio Free America, where we discuss trending topics, breaking news, delve into what's true, what's fake, and we even take a walk on the conspiracy theory side of things. I'm your host, Seamus McLeod. If you're ready, let's get right into it. So last week, the news cycle was kind of overtaken by the atrocity committed on Brett Kavanaugh and what the Dems did, and we couldn't get away from it. So I do apologize about that. I did want to get onto this subject last week, but because of that news cycle, I wasn't able to. I'm talking, of course, the UN speech by President Trump, which you heard part of right there in the beginning. Uh, if you tuned into the fake news, the CIA shills, you would think by all their accounts that he was laughed out of the UN General Assembly. Let me assure you that couldn't be further from the truth of what really happened. It was a very even-keeled speech, as you could tell in his tone, and he touched on a variety of topics from working with leaders around the world as well as the meeting with Kim Jong-un to denuclearize the Korean Peninsula. But the best part? He not only put our frenemies on notice, but also our allies, as you heard in the opening audio clip there that I just played. It was totally epic. Uh, you, you see, ladies and gentlemen, what most people can't or won't see, those who aren't awake to what has been happening, those who can't read between the lines or, or are insanely so blinded by hatred for this president because of the lies told to them, is the fact that there has been stuff going on behind the scenes, a lot of stuff. Last week was a distraction with the Kavanaugh hearing, to say the least. Let me tell you three things missed by the media because of the distraction. Uh, everyone missed it, including myself, because we were all caught up in the moment, as we were supposed to be. That was the whole part of what was going to happen, because it, it's that old bait-and-switch type thing. Hey, look at the right hand. Don't look at the left hand and what it's doing over here. And what I mean by that uh, is... People have claimed that President Trump is playing a high-stakes game of 4D chess. I do concur with that. Uh, it is the most epic game of chess that rivals any game by Bobby Fischer and makes him look like makes Fischer look like a novice. Uh, I know most of you don't know who Bobby Fischer is. If you look him up, you will understand. Uh, look up Bobby Fischer 1972 chess match. Um, so while President Trump was at the UN giving his speech, which I will include the link to the show notes for the entire speech, uh, if you care to listen to it. He had the media, to quote a line from the great Charlie Daniels uh, song, Uneasy Rider, President Trump had the media step in and fetching like their heads were on fire and their asses were catching. First, we had Monday, 
Rod Rosenstein going to the White House supposedly to meet with the president to be fired. But if the president is in New York, why, which I'm sure he knew, why would he go to the White House? Well, let me get into that for a, a little bit here, because I sat and thought about this for a little while, and it kind of ties into the whole Kavanaugh thing, Jeff Flake. And that will be coming up a little bit later on with the Q notes. Or I'm sorry, the Q tips that uh, I have coming up a little bit later on. But, anyways, getting to this, Rod Rosenstein uh, went to the White House, or he was summoned, uh, because I believe they wanted to scan him for wires uh, or listening devices to record uh, President Trump. But I believe they they put him in a skiff so that he could have a conference call with President Trump. Now, I think that he is like a gray hat. He's working in that area. Trump has kind of flipped him to do his what he needs done uh, over at the Department of Justice. But, and, and this will be backed up in my Q-tips later on uh, when I read what Q has posted. But I believe that um, he was told, given his marching orders by Trump of what needed to happen, uh, before he was let go. Uh, he will be let go. I have no no doubt about that. Um, so the whole media cycle, this is what, what I mean by step in and fetch, and the media has, uh, the media step in and fetching about everything. Uh, if the president is in New York, why would he go over there? The news reports had him fired, and then the news reports uh, had him fired by Chief of Staff John Kelly, which was false. Then they said that he offered to resign to Kelly. Again, false. See, step in and fetch and totally in the dark and based on speculation. Why? Because they are being fed false information by people so that they can out those who are leaking the information. There's a big leak investigation going on. Trust me, this stuff is... There's a lot going on behind the scenes. So by mid-afternoon, Rosenstein himself had denied any of the news speculations and confirmed... He still had a job and that he was meeting with the president on Thursday. Now, that meeting has been pushed back to this week to avoid interfering with the Judiciary Committee hearing on Kavanaugh last week. I'll put a link to that article also in the show notes. But, uh, boy, I'd love to be a fly on the wall for that meeting. Uh, the second thing that was a distraction for us, you know, the whole was part of this distraction. Uh, and this here is a great little gem that probably won't go anywhere in the Senate, but Tax Cuts 2.0 was passed by the House on Friday. It would make permanent the individual and small business tax, uh, tax cuts set to expire in 2025. I'm telling you this for the sole purpose that it should be a part of your decision-making process to vote in November to make both chambers of Congress Republican-led. Now, I say this because... They may be able to hold off in the Senate voting on this until after the election. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see what Mitch McConnell does. But it is very important uh, that we get out and vote November 6th because uh, all everything that you've seen for your families, all the tax cuts, the money back into your own pockets, as well, well as uh, America continuing to thrive, well, that's all going to be gone unless we can vote red in November. And I think that... Uh, from what I'm seeing, a lot of people are going to be voting red, including Democrats. Uh, the grandstanding by the Democrats back uh, this past week uh, and total character assassination of Brett Kavanaugh and, of course, all of the protests that went on to take attention away from tax cut 2.0 legislation, I think it really fired up the base, not just for the Republicans, but for the Democrats. I mean, I have heard 
countless and countless stories and and remarks made by Democrats, known Democrats that have voted Democrat all their life, saying that they are not going to vote for the Democrats this time around. They are done with the party to had to assassinate a man's character the way that the Democrats did last week with Kavanaugh really pissed off a lot of people. They pulled a, a pin on a grenade that they just don't even realize that they did. Uh, that there, and then actually the last uh, third and fourth accusers coming forth were also distractions. Uh, those accusers really backfired and has not only fired up the Republicans to vote in November, but again, like I said, um, it is conveyed. It's being conveyed by independents and and Democrats alike across social media that they feel that the Democratic Party is lost uh, again and refuse to be associated with a part of the, of what took place last week, which was an abomination. I personally think the Democrats were trying to fire up their base, but it backfired. Uh, except for the insane far left crazies, I should say, they were all out in force, and you can view with uh, with that with uh, hundreds of videos all over YouTube and social media uh, platforms across the internet. Democrats who witnessed the absolute horror show last week are now stating these are these are normal Democrats, you know, that aren't crazy that they are planning to vote Republican in November. So welcome aboard, I guess. Uh, it may be short-lived, it may be for this this uh, election, but, uh, you know, you need to realize that the Democratic Party that you were associated with, that were a part of the, what you believed was the Democratic Party and their standing, they're no more. They have been infiltrated and taken over by the far left, and they are crazy. Uh, you could see, you know, we could see a repeat of 2016, maybe even worse. I mean, the Democrats said, oh, you know, Donald Trump had no way of winning. Well, we all know how that went. That was, uh, wow, that was a, a huge, huge upset. So stay tuned. The November elections are right around the corner. If you are able to vote early, I, I implore you, do so. If you're not registered to vote, get registered to vote. If you don't usually vote in an off-presidential election, this election is as important or if not more important to the republic and the American people than any presidential election. We have got to stem the tide and save the republic from the Democrats because if the Democrats get back into power, you can kiss everything that you've gained goodbye. They've already stated that. Uh, you know, if you want to continue to thrive and enjoy prosperity, then vote Republican. If not, you vote Democrat and it's all going to go away. I promise you that. Uh, you know, the Democrats not only want to seat back at your table where they where they, you know, plan on stealing, you know, plan on eating all your food and steal all your money. So you have to beg for scraps out on the streets. We've been there and done that. Do you really want to go back? The plan is in motion. America is coming back strong. Now it's up to us to help President Trump to get down in the trenches with him and go out and vote. Don't sit out on the sidelines and look have that moment where you look back and, and regret that you missed this moment. This is it. We have to get out there and stand up for our nation. All right, time for Q-tips. Let's get into it because there is a lot to cover here. Q has been very busy since over the weekend. And I will read to you what has been posted. And also, any links that are in the Q-tips, look for them in the show notes also. 
So before I get into the Q notes, I'm going to first direct you over to Neon Revolt for deciphering. He's got his own website, neonrevolt.com. You can also look him up on Vote. But uh, some of these have been actually deciphered by a lot of the Anons over at 8chan. And the first one is a picture of the interior of an airplane. Now, it has been proven that this airplane interiors from a 787, uh, Boeing 787 Dreamliner. Um, a lot of the stuff in the pictures has to do with what is said, which it says Splash 1X, Air G, Patrol High, Check In Z, Destination TFC 381. Now, there is a great explanation of all of that on Neon Revolt. I encourage you to go over there and check out his site. Uh, the next Q post is $22.99. It says Red October. Now, red is it's in the form of a cross. It says red October across and then red down. So it has something to do with the red cross. You know, that's how he does it. Red cross. Okay. Makes a cross with the word red. Um, there's some stuff that's going to come out with about the red cross. And if you know anything about Q or have been following QAnon, um, you can go back to older posts that's kind of reverting back to an older post that has to do with the Red Cross. If you want to listen, or I'm sorry, look at QAnon, a great site is qmaps.pub, or qmap, I should say, qmap.pub, and it has a great website there uh, where you can both look at the presidential tweets and the QAnon tweets. So that's 22.9. This is 22.99. Uh, Justice K confirmation. D class. Goodbye, Mr. Rosenstein. Payment in full in brackets. Now they, he calls those kill boxes. I think this is in brackets. So there is a link to a CBS News uh, article with, about Jeff Flake. Uh, Brett Kavanaugh, FBI probe. Flake's decision came after he spoke to senators of both parties and withstood pressure from some Republicans not to take a, such a step. As he considered his course of action, Flake also had a conversation with Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein, who is in charge of Special Counsel Robert Mueller's investigation. Define treason, the crime of betraying one's country, especially by attempting to kill the sovereign or overthrow the government. Define subversion, the act of subverting the state of being subverted, especially a systematic attempt to overthrow or undermine a government or political system by persons working secretly from within. Think line of questions, RE Senator Graham, towards Justice Kavanaugh, RE enemy combatants. If you've not seen that video, look it up. It is absolutely amazing, and it has a lot of people running scared in D.C., and other places. And then he gives a number, 1-800-273-8255. Operators are standing by. I called that number. It is the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. Uh, very funny. Not funny. Um, so the next post, 2300 Red October. Stay tuned and watch Q+. There is a Twitter uh, a link here. VIP Patriots, they call in threats prior to each rally in an effort to diminish reach of message, all for a LARP. When one shirt is not enough, to become the solution. Q. So it, it shows a picture of a family uh, standing in line to see the president speak, uh, all of them wearing Q t-shirts. Then the next post, 2302, is a quick history lesson. It is talking about uh, the Democrats trying to erase 
their racist, sexist past. So he talks about why is the Democratic Party fighting to change history? Facts matter. False narrative. Old D party is now new R party line. No longer swallowed. Sheep, no more Q. So it gives a, a status on Twitter from Chris Evans and, of course, Katrina Pearson also their Twitter status. You can link on that also. Um, again, the next the next post is of the inside plane image. How many planes crash uh, plane crashes since post standard deviation? So he's asking how many planes have crashed because a lot of these planes have a kill switch in them that is controlled, and some think that China has. Uh, hack this kill switch. So at a push of a button, they can bring down any airliner. Uh, the next it makes you want to fly, right? The next post is a very, very long one. Um, Snowden now a liability to clowns. James Dolan, dead suicide. Aaron Schwartz, dead suicide. Kevin Paulson turned over uh, Secure drop to freedom of the press. Secure drop, freedom of the press. Freedom of the press. John Barlow, Snowden, Assange, John Cusack, Daniel Ellsberg, Glenn Greenwald, Laura Petraeus. Now, I don't think he, they mean John Cusack, the actor. I could be wrong. Snowden, Cusack, things that can and cannot be said. Daniel Ellsberg, Pentagon Papers, Glenn Greenwald, Snowden, the Garden Guardian. So, uh, apparently... Um, uh, the Guardian is involved. Laura Petraea, uh, Poitras, Snowden, the uh, program, William Binney, John Barlow, VP Algae Systems Treating Wastewater, Barlow Clark, Burning Man, Ben Clark, anti-Trump, Westpac supports Clintons. I think the key is the media changing the narrative using Secure Drop, which is dictated heavily by Snowden. The big question is who controls Snowden? Uh, they think that it's the CIA still. So he was a CIA plant inside the NSA, and all of this, uh, the the Snowden release of um, the NSA to damage it was because the CIA wanted control of all that, and they wanted the NSA out of the way. So James Dolan, dead suicide. Aaron Swartz, dead suicide. Kevin Paulson, turned over secure drop to freedom of the press. John Perry Barlow. 187, which is the code for murder, post name drop. So the Washington Post dropped his name. They tried to kill him. Um, they actually killed his girlfriend through a heart attack, an induced heart attack. They think that was a dry run against him or a message to him. Um, at Snowden, you are now a liability Q. So John Barlow dig. Who would want to kill John Barlow? What benefit would John Barlow's death provide? When was John Bar Barlow murdered? Did John Barlow survive a murder attempt only to, sc to succumb to lingering effects eventually? So the Washington Post, uh, meet the man who up utopian vision for the Internet conquered and then warped Silicon Valley. It's all about uh, John Warp, um, sorry, John Barlow. You can read that. I will include the link uh, call and also the link to the Washington Post article that uh, after he posted, after he gave that interview, they did try to kill him. Uh, the next post is um, Ford should go down for perjury. F uh, refused to hand over therapy notes to FBI. Think why? Justice K never named. So they have all these notes already. They already know that he wasn't named. So Mr. X logged in book along with 
physical description during eyes closed session equals slash equal Justice K in the kill box. So no, it wasn't Justice K that they were trying, you know, that she was describing. Uh, they just added that to try and get him unnominated for SCOTUS. FBI has no subpoena power and no grand jury to demand that the FBI uh, do subpoenas. Uh, Justice K never named, asked during polygraph. Something did happen to Dr. Ford in her past. Use of that something to frame Justice K. So yes, she is, they're saying they did a deep dive on her, the Anons, that she is a CIA plant that is part of the MK Ultra program because her father was the president of the university where they do this program. It's an interesting read. Dr. Ford's family has strong ties to the swamp. FBI has expanded investigation into other suspicious acts with support of ABC agency as authorized by POTUS. RR involved, question mark. So then Senate McConnell leader in the next Q talks about this. Uh, Nine o'clock. They will be voting this week, heading to Tennessee now. Uh, then there's a Ronald Reagan video. I will uh, include that link in the show na- notes also. It's uh, USA's role in world as peacekeepers, pe- uh, peace through strength. Uh, you've probably seen the video. I will include the link anyways. And then, um, dear POTUS, normally, does POTUS normally tweet heading to X prior to rally? Today, for the first time, we identify where we would be, reconcile Q. So Q saying that Trump normally tweets when he is where he is going today. He didn't. Today, Q posted where he is going. Uh, and you can see the Twitter links to that. And then, of course, the Anons posted, God bless you, Q. Um, and then another Anon said, uh, stating that him and his wife have been preparing. They're ready if, if they're needed. God bless you and God bless POTUS. Darkest days, Q responds back, amen, brother. This evil must be destroyed. No words, patriot. As another uh, Anon said that he is a burned, disabled, amputee veteran, that him and his wife are ready at the ready for them. No words, patriots. Allow us to carry this heavy burden. Trust your fellow man. We will win. God bless you and your family. So those are the posts that uh, are in queue. I will I will uh, include the link to these uh, queue map so you can look at them yourself. And of course, I said check out Neon Revolt and if if you can, Serial Brain also. Amazing, amazing interpretations of these. Uh, they really do the deep dig and the deep dives on this material. So what do you say we head behind the lines? Now, I've never been a fan of Kanye West or rap in general. It's just not my style of music. And Kanye, well, he's always been Kanye. But I can say I've had my eyes opened and I have a new respect for this man with his coming out in support of President Trump. First meeting with him, uh, President Trump as president-elect and being a vocal supporter in public, then interviewing with TMZ and again supporting President Trump. Then his wife, Kim Kardashian, West meeting with the president to tackle and work on prison sentencing reform. And then, of course, Saturday night's performance on Saturday Night Live. If you missed it, the video is everywhere. And I will include a link to the story on Fox on Fox News, the article uh, in the show notes. Apparently, Kanye gave an impromptu speech to the audience after his song Ghost Town, again, supporting President Trump. Now, th- Kanye is a soldier. He is trying to open up the eyes of the black community because they have just been lied to by the Democrats for years, for for years. And he 
he he told them the plan that the Democrats have had for the black community and have pretty much implemented ever since LBJ signed the Civil Rights Reform Act in 1964. Now, the the speech that he gave was just incredible, Kanye. Uh, please watch it because you will have a, a newfound respect. You may sound he may he may sound a little off to you. But that's just Kanye. I mean, he does what he does. Uh, that's how he comes out. It was a very impassioned speech. And he said he was bullied backstage before coming out for wearing his Make America Great hat on stage. And he's like, they are not going to bully me. Uh, he did it anyways. And I don't think it was done in defiance, although maybe a little bit. The one thing for sure, though, is that uh, he, this man is behind the lines. And leading the charge for change, not only in black America, but all of America. He is trying to open up people's eyes that have been lied to, that, that you know, they're believing the news that is lying to them every day because that is what their goal is, to lie to people. They are the mouthpiece for the left. Now, this performance will most likely get him banned from SNL. But he stood true to his principles and his beliefs. You know, and watching the video, again, which I will put a link to in the show notes, you can clearly see the uncomfortableness of the cast through their body language. Some rolled their eyes in the background. Some looked down and shook their heads. Some people in the audience booed. There were a few hecklers. And then, of course, there were a few who cheered and clapped for the performer. While I can clearly appreciate what he is trying to do and his intentions... I know it's a platform to get his message out en masse, but I've stated this before and I continue to hold fast to this belief. Okay, it's one thing to go on social media and do this, that's fine. But when you are out performing, okay, whether it be left, right, center, performers are there to perform, to entertain the audience who have paid to say, see their show and hear their music or their comedy or Whatever they do, people go to concerts like or shows like Saturday Night Live to be entertained. That goes for actors also. You are paid to entertain, not give your opinion to the weak-minded. Nobody cares what you think. Stop listening to those people telling you your opinion matters. You may think it does, but those of us, especially on the left, you may think it does. We don't care. We know that you are all crazy. The reprogramming of society has become ingrained now in television and movies. They are vehicles used as a message platform. If you only understood the occult symbolism that are in these shows and movies, the, visual, the visualizations and their meanings, as I have been led to by others, I, I'm telling you what I have found out is just absolutely haunting and daunting and just scary. It, really, it would blow your mind. It, it has blown mine. The reality is far more dark, and and the hidden messages are very real. I got rid of TV and stopped going to the movies because of the subliminal and not-so-subliminal political messages that are in every single one of these shows and movies. It's, got, it's gotten to be too much. It was total overload. Don't believe me? Then do a little experiment here for me. Sit and watch a show. Really watch it without getting immersed in the plot. Every show will take on a new meaning once you see for yourself. Watch how every show has to include minorities, LBG, uh, LBGTQ, different ethnicities, uh, with taboo, uh, yeah, taboo subject matter. Now, I'm not saying that these groups shouldn't be re represented, but every show, here's the thing about all of it. 
they have to tell you, whether it is subliminally or through symbolism. And by you watching, you are a willing, unaware participant. But they've told you because it's in the background. You can see it. It's there for you to see. They don't have to come out and say, hey, you know, we're Luciferians. And because you're watching this, you are now too. And you agree with what we're doing. Everything that I've learned, everything I continue to learn makes me realize I did the right thing getting rid of TV and for, you know, not supporting Hollywood. Or should I say Hollyweird, the Luciferian cult. Trust me, I'm a newbie to all this where Kanye has known this, uh, these things for a while. I mean, I truly believe he's known these things for a while. Everyone has, everyone's thought Kanye was crazy. All the stuff he said in the past, even I thought he was crazy. But something changed with Kanye when his mother died. I mean, horrible, just horrible to have to lose his mother. I think it opened up his eyes to what was going on around him. It was the blinders being forcefully ripped off. I had it done to me. Uh, it's not a pretty sight. God has a plan, though, for all of us. So while others dismiss Kanye as being crazy, maybe he wasn't so crazy after all. I mean, aren't we all crazy in our own little ways, even eccentric? We each think we're normal, at least in our own worlds anyways, and we are in our own worlds normal. But what I think is normal may look crazy or sound crazy to someone else and vice versa. And that is how it's been for Kanye for a long time. We're just catching up to where he's been for a long time. At least I am. I'm happy, I'm happy beyond words. Trust me, I cannot... I cannot tell you how ecstatic I am that the black community, the Latin community, uh, all the community communities that have embraced the democratic mantra, how happy I am that they're starting to wake up and realize that they've been used as pawns. I'm glad that they are being freed from the Democrat plantation by people like Kanye West and Candace Owens, by Sharika Souls, David Harris, Alan West, and the myriad of others who are spreading the positive message put forth not only in word, but by action and initiative of this administration. I'm sure that a future podcast will, uh, I will address some of these heavier topics that I just mentioned. But for now, I too will get down in the trenches with President Trump and Kanye and the countless others to go behind the lines to promote freedom and prosperity, something we should all have. Wow, look at the time. Bear with me, folks. Usually this is a 30-minute show. I'm going to go a little over today as we head into Twitter patter. Going through my Twitter feed the past weekend, this past weekend, especially this past uh, week, has been painful at best. I left Facebook for the most part. I only spend about 15 minutes a week now on the decrepit junk heap of social media platform to say hello to friends who are still on there. It's been very quiet over there recently, though. Perhaps maybe people are relocating to Gab? Uh, if not, they might want to look into it, but I digress. Back to Twitter. So this past week and weekend on Twitter, I kind of it kind of reminded me of why I left Facebook. Every single post was either about the Kavanaugh hearing or about the Democrats and their call for an FBI investigation, which will never be good enough. Trust me. It's already coming out. You know, they're already moving the goalposts, and we knew that was going to happen. It's, there's going to be a kibosh put on it. Trust me, there's stuff happening. The news cycle has already started with the, the FBI not being good enough, and it's just ridiculous. And people are getting really bothered by it and calling the Democrats out. Uh, it's, it's just incredible that they have the nerve to call the FBI investigation a farce. 
No, the farce happened last week at the hearing. Anyway, scrolling through a couple of tweets caught my eye. The first one being by Judicial Watch with another FOIA lawsuit won against the FBI. I will include a link to the article in the show notes. The headline to the article reads, New FBI records reveal Strzok authored initial draft of Comey letter to Congress about Clinton emails on Wiener laptop. Holy headlines, Batman. It is a very good article and worth taking a look at. It's not a huge article, but it goes into detail the 424 pages of FBI records it released. Uh, there's a link to it. You can look at those those 424 pages if you re- if you so choose. Um, it's very interesting stuff on those documents from the little I read, and I'm sure there is more to come. These are documents that the FBI were trying to hide or not comply with uh, FOIA requests because of the information contained within them. Now, people within the FBI, the good people, not the deep state hacks, have come forward and stated that Comey was a part-time FBI director, often taking long weekends and Fridays off, which made him a Tuesday through Thursday director. So maybe we should recoup some of the pay from him that he took, you know, for the time he didn't work. Anyways, with him out, who put that, who put, who was in charge of the FBI while he was out? Uh, that would be Andrew McCabe, the second in charge at the time, who is now under grand jury investigation. Now, he is very conflicted. And I say this because Andy McCabe's wife ran for office and was given campaign funds by Clinton surrogate Terry McAuliffe, the governor of Virginia. Look, there's a lot of questions surrounding Comey, McCabe, Strzok, and countless others who may have been involved in this soft coup to overthrow a democratically and duly elected president. So it stated that Strzok was involved with the memos and the writing of the memos and the letters writing to Congress for Comey. How did this happen and why? Why was Comey gone so much? Where did he go and who did he meet up with? Read the article. It'll give you some of those answers and leave a whole new set of questions glaringly unanswered or even asked. And maybe we should start asking these questions to our lawmakers. The second tweet, or tweets, I should say, that caught my attention, and imagine my surprise, were ones from James Woods. Now, if you hadn't heard or not a member of Twitter, James Woods was suspended from Twitter for a tweet that was non-offensive and, to be honest, quite funny, if not truthful. But as we know, now on Twitter uh, and other social media uh, platforms, there is a concerted effort being made to silence and remove conservative voices and their followers. The purge has been going on slowly, but as we head towards and get closer and closer to the midterms, the purge seems to be gaining steam with a frenzied, frenetic pace. So James Woods, whose tweets are usually short, sharp, and right on point most of the time, was back. I rejoiced. But then I thought... Oh, no. He said he wasn't going to apologize to get back on Twitter. Did he Did he apologize? Well, come to find out, he didn't. So who I thought was James Woods tweeting was actually a friend who made a new account from a different IP address and different email because Twitter algorithms can detect both with the actor's image on the tweet. So this friend went on to explain that uh, he was a good friend of James Woods and that James would be relaying messages uh, to him to put on Twitter. I thought, good for James Woods. You know, I knew James Woods would find a way to stick it to Jack Dorsey and his brain-dead minions over at Twitter. Bravo, sir. I have, I've had to in- install a VPN software uh, on my 
router and my internet uh, to dupe Twitter. So uh, as I too have been suspended for going at people straight on, lesson learned, now I hit them still uh, just from the side and a lot harder with sarcasm and humor. So yeah, I still go at people, but it's a little less sharp and I try and use as much sarcasm and humor as I can. It's still devastatingly truthful though, and I'm sure they don't like it, but as James Wood says, tough noogies. Um, He's... And I do concede to James because even though I'm good at doing these soft jabs at people, he is much better at it uh, <laughs> and much more uh, experienced than I am. But uh, a true brother nonetheless. It's almost worth it, almost, I say, to join Twitter just for his tweets alone. It's a lot different than Facebook for sure. You can only uh, You only get 240 characters at a time. But here's the thing with that. You can also do several in a row, so it's like an addendum. There's an ad switch, so you keep going, and you can post them all at once. It's come in a few times handy for me, I I can assure you. Uh, Like any social platform, you have to take things in stride and sort through the compost and the nutrient-rich material, of course, uh, to make sure what is false and what is factual. The one thing I'm slowly getting better at since starting this podcast I've kind of put a rule in place for myself uh, with social media uh, to limit my time on all platforms. And that's a good thing because I'll tell you, you can get burned out quick. Instead of spending hours at a time, I now spend uh, a good portion of my time researching instead of on social media, sourcing and writing and bring, bringing forth content for you guys. It's, re- it's rewarding to me in a different way than seeing posts and pictures from your friends and family. And don't get me wrong, I like those posts too, but this is just much more, uh, much more rewarding for me. Hey, let's uh, head into uh, the segment Call of Duty part of the show. We start off this week's Call of Duty segment with an article from the History Channel. Uh, this caught my eye going through. Uh, it was on Fox, but I went to the link and it brought me to the History Channel. And I will put the link in the show notes also. Very interesting story about two sisters, Freddie and Truce Oversten, two sisters in the Dutch resistance during World War II. Uh, It's an amazing article that details the story of 14-year-old Freddie and her older sister. And then again, later on with another young woman named Hanny Shaft and how the trio would lure, ambush, and kill Nazis and their Dutch collaborators during World War II. These two sisters grew up in a city, uh, in the city of Harlem, uh, in the Netherlands, with a single working-class mother who considered herself a communist. Now, their mother instilled in them the values and importance of fighting injustices. And as the European, uh, and as Europe was on the brink of war in 1939, their mother took Jewish refu- refugees into their home under under threat of you know, violence from the Germans uh, when they finally invaded in 1940. Um, Through their mother's example, they learned that helping others often caused them to have to make their own sacrifices. So when the Germans invaded the Netherlands in May of 1940, beginning an occupation that lasted until the end of the war, the family began helping the resistance by distributing anti-Nazi pamphlets and newspapers for the resistance. The family would also glue warnings across German posters looking for men to go to work in Germany. These acts of subversions were dangerous because if caught by the Dutch police or the Germans, it would have gotten them killed without a doubt. The fact that they were two young girls 
gave them perfect cover as authorities were less likely to think that it was them working for the resistance. That is why the commander of the Harlem Resistance Group visited their house in 1941 to ask their mother if they could recruit Freddie and Truce. After their mother, mother consented and the girls agreed to join, did the resistance tell them later what they would actually be doing? Sabotaging bridges, railway lines, and learn how to shoot. Shoot Nazis. I mean, can you imagine at 14 being told that you're going to be blowing up bridges and railways and killing Nazis? Soon the sisters would be sent on assassination missions where they would seduce and lure the, the Nazis and their collaborators into the woods to be shot either by a member of the resistance or the girls themselves. The girls never did reveal how many Nazis or their collaborators they killed throughout the war. Um, I'm sure that it was plenty, though. They had many duties other than killing, though. They would bring Jewish refugees to new hiding places. They would work at the emergency hospital in Enshin, along with blowing up railway supply lines. In 1943, they joined forces with Hanny Shaft, a younger red-headed woman who was a university student who dropped out after refusing to sign a pledge of loyalty to Germany. The girls became, became fast friends, best friends, and all nearly made it to the end of the war. But Hanny, Hanny was arrested by the Nazis and killed three weeks before the end of the war in Europe. Lore has it that Hanny's last words were, I'm a better shot after only being wounded by her executioner. This story is an incredible one and almost went unforgotten. These young ladies who joined the resistance during World War II to fight for their homeland went unrecognized for their heroism and bravery until 2014 when they were awarded the War Mobilization Cross Medal for their actions. Both sisters died two years apart from each other, Truist in 2016 and Freddie on September 5th, 2018, one day before her 93rd birthday. Both women heard the call and responded to do their duty for the Dutch resistance to fight Hitler and the Nazi regime. Let's head on over to our final segment, Fact, Fiction, or Conspiracy. Usually I like to leave you with an upbeat story. Today is not that day with Halloween on the horizon. I just couldn't pass up this story. It was just too cool. So let me preface, preface it with this. In 1998, two movies came out. One was Armageddon, which we all know the storyline to, how Earth is threatened by a huge asteroid the size of Texas, which NASA then enlists the help of a bunch of misfit oil well drillers to go to the asteroid and drill down to the fault line and detonate a nuclear device to split it in two and save the Earth. Typical Hollywood plot line and storyline, right? Now, the other movie, Deep Impact, had the opposite effect where a comet comes to Earth and hits it, causing catastrophic consequences. That one starred Morgan Freeman and Robert Duvall. So now we fast forward to 2018, and the conspiracy boards are all lit up about this rogue planet called X, supposedly in our solar system. Now, it's never been confirmed. Scientists deny it. It may or may not be. They know that there's this space between Saturn and Mars that is a huge space that probably held a planet. But you know everything about conspiracy theories. Usually it's a lie bookmarked with two truths or a truth bookmarked between two lies. So there's this article up on Fox News. I'll include the link in the show notes claiming that a skull-shaped asteroid is going to buzz Earth just after Halloween. Spooky, right? Well, this Space Rock's official title is Asteroid 2015 TB145, and it is considered a dead comet, meaning that it's lost most of its ice and gases. Now, the asteroid first flew by Earth in 2015, giving scientists its first ghoulish glimpse and then allowing them to deem it the Great Pumpkin. Now, apparently during its tumbling, this is how it happened, the light hit it 
just right to make it appear like a skull, which is creepy beyond words and something that even Hollywood couldn't dream up for these other two movies that I, that I talked about previously. Now, come on, could you imagine if an asteroid or comet in either of those above-mentioned movies had been given that little detail, how much more scary the movies would have been? I mean, it would have been cool. I mean, think about it. A giant rock that looks like a skull coming at Earth to destroy it? Scary, right? Just a little poetic also. So now, it's a well-known fact that NASA and observatories around the world can only watch between 1% and 10% of the uh, space at any given time. So what are the odds that a major catastrophic planet-killing event could happen? Well, maybe we should ask the dinosaurs, who are now fueling our cars. Listen, would you want to know if something like this was going to happen, if the end of the world was going to happen? Can you imagine the levels of chaos? I mean, it never works out well in the movies, why would any government tell their citizens if the end was near? I mean, come on. There really isn't anything anyone can do except maybe go to the ocean like Maggie did in Deep, Space, Deep Impact and watch as the ocean is sucked out and a 300-foot wall of water comes barreling at you. Uh, that's if it were an, a water event, which is most likely because the Earth is made up of 80% water. But if it was a land impact, can you imagine the crater? Depending on the size of the asteroid, it would most likely rival the Grand Canyon. It would probably be deeper than the, the Grand Canyon. And the impact, most likely a thousand times more powerful than the nuclear bombs dropped on Hiroshima or Nagasaki. The dust cloud alone that would envelope the Earth would kill off everything and everyone eventually as nuclear winter sent in for maybe a thousand years or more. But these are just hypotheticals at this point with no need to panic, okay? I'm telling you that th this is not the end of the world. It is not upon us, so relax. But there is an asteroid that will buzz our planet sometime after Halloween. And if you're an astronomer or have a telescope, you can peer into the heavens and see the spooky skull-shaped space rock titled Asteroid 2015 TB145, and that's a fact. Don't forget to tell your friends about Radio Free America. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, Podbeam, and CastBox. Please make sure to hit the follow and like buttons. It really helps us get up the show charts. And if you'd like to donate or become a patron, click the button in the upper right-hand corner of the Podbeam page or look in the link section to donate to our Patreon. Thanks again. I'll see you guys tomorrow with more news and trending topics. You've been listening to Radio Free America with Seamus McLeod. Get more Radio Free America podcasts with Seamus McLeod on Spreaker, SoundCloud, and Apple iTunes. Be sure to follow Radio Free America on Twitter at Radio Free America.